There is beyond the azure blue A God concealed from human sight He is the God that we should know with His grace There is a God He is alive In Him we live and we survive from from the star God created man he is our God the great I am there was a long long time ago a God whose voice the prophets heard That we should know who speaks from his inspired word. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From the star God, from the star God, created man. He is our God, the great I am. Our God, whose son upon a tree, alive was willing there to give, that he from sin might set men free. And evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive. In him we live and we survive. From, from the star God, created man, he is our God. I need all the men in the audience to stand. All the men, please stand. There is a God. There is a God. He is alive. thankful to the God of heaven 
who continues to do all things right and that he's allowed us to meet one more time on this blessed side of life. And we certainly need to give God all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. God has been good to us. I said God has been good to us, better to us than we've ever dared to be to ourselves. And isn't it marvelous to know that the God we serve, he's not good some of the time. He's not good most of the time. But mama used to say he's a show enough God because he's show enough good all the time. I mean, didn't he put you to sleep last night? Didn't he watch over you all night long? And didn't he touch you with the fingertip of love, cause you to knock the sleep from your eyes, and hopefully you're going about his business in your right mind? Oh, if you think it was your alarm clock that woke you up this morning, I double dare you. I, I triple dare you. I quadruple dare you. You take it to the cemetery and see how many folks get up. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And for those of you who are visiting with us, you're not members of the Church of Christ, we want you to know that you are our honored guests and that we love you dearly and we love you with the love of the Lord. And there are no strangers in the house, just friends whom we have not met. And we just hope and pray that you've come here tonight with your hearts open, ready to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And I just want you to know as a preacher of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I want you to know personally that I love you. And I love you with the love of the Lord. And I'll be saying some things here tonight to encourage you to get closer to Jesus. And there will be some things that I will say tonight that would be very challenging. And when I say these things, I say them because I love God, but I also love you. And I love God so much that I speak the truth in love. I don't compromise when it comes to the word of God, I believe like the old preacher, you got to tell it like it T-I-S-T is. And we're just thankful to God for this great committee, for this crusade for Christ, been endeavoring and working in this field for 40 years. I think we need to give Dr. Harrison a little love just to let him know how appreciative we are. I think we can do better than that. I know we can do better than that. I know we can do better than that. And we're thankful to Brother Gilbert. We're thankful to Dr. Dansby. We're thankful to all those individuals who play a part in making an event like this so successful. And then we need to thank these campaign workers. They have done such a marvelous job They've been out there in the highways and the byways encouraging men and women to come to this great crusade so they can hear about the resurrected Savior. I think we need to give them a love deposit as well to let them know how appreciative we are to them for the difficult work that they do. I send you greetings from the Dale Crest Church of Christ from the wonderful city of San Antonio, Texas. 
If you ever have the privilege of coming to San Antonio, we just hope and pray that you will come visit us at the Dale Crest Church of Christ. And there you will find a church where God is exalted, where the Christ is expostulated, where the Holy Ghost is expressed, where the saints are edified, the lost is evangelized, and the lazy and lackadaisical, they are electrified. So please come and be with us. I don't know if we have any saints here from San Antonio, Texas, but if you are, just wave your hands in the air from side to side like you're showing enough care. Amen, amen. How many of you all got your Bibles? Hold your Bibles up. We are Bible-believing, Bible-practicing, and Bible-preaching church. We believe in speaking where the Bible speaks, being silent where the Bible is silent. We believe in calling Bible things by Bible names and doing Bible things in Bible ways. We believe the Bible is right and it cannot be wrong. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number eight, he said the grass would wither and the flower the earth would fade away, but the word of our God endures forever. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and about verse 35, 36, he said heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 1 Peter chapter 1, in about verse 22, Peter said, Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth unto unfeigned love for the brethren, see you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. All flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower grass, the grass wither and the flower thereof fadeth away, but the word of our God endureth forever. And this is the word whereby the gospel shall be preached unto you. We believe in standing on the Bible, the word of God, not mamaology, not papaology, not reverendology, but we believe in standing on what God said. And we believe the Bible is right and it cannot be wrong. All 1,189 chapters are right, cannot be wrong. All 31,173 verses are right, cannot be wrong. All 768,488 words are right, cannot be wrong. All 5,489 386 letters are right, cannot be wrong. All 66 books of the Bible are right, cannot be wrong. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and they talk about one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. The Bible is right, and it cannot be wrong. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, that's what's right. Profitable for reproof, 
That's what's wrong. Profitable for correction, let you know how to get right. Profitable for instruction, let you know how to stay right. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then Paul said, I charge thee therefore before the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick in the dead and his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heat to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn their ears away from the truth and be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof thy ministry. I'm here to preach the unadulterated gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I don't want to hold you long, but I do want the whole to be strong. If you don't mind, turn your Bibles to the book of Jude, the book right before the book of Revelation. the book of Jude. And then I want you to go to verse number 11. Jude, verse 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. Jude, verse 11. If you need more time, say, wait on me, preacher. I heard you. If you're still not there, say, go on without me. <laughs> if you don't mind, those of you who are able, can we stand for the reading of the word of God? Jude, verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain ran greedily after the era of Balaam and perished in the gainsaying of Gore. You may be seated in the presence of our almighty God. Now it is from that verse that I want to take a look at a question that's being asked today in the field of theology, Christendom, and in religion. And that question is, aren't we all serving God? I know you've heard that question before. I mean, you over there in the Church of Christ are serving God. We over here in the Catholic Church and don't get upset when I call these names. I'm not trying to be mean. I say these things with nothing but love in my heart. And we over here in the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, 
of the Baptist church or the Methodist church, we are serving God. All of us are serving God. And we are serving the same God. So it really doesn't make a difference about the name and that sort of thing because we are all serving the same God. And you go to church and I go to church. We're all church-going people. We're all serving the same God. So what difference does it make if I'm over there with you or if you're over here with me? We're all serving the same God. And when we die, we'll all go up to heaven to live with the same God. Now you've heard that before, but let me see if that has any relevancy in scripture. Aren't we all serving the same God? And will we by that fact, by serving the same God, will we all arrive in heaven because we are serving the same God? Let's see if that has any basis in fact. And if we can rely on that statement because the Bible says, woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain. Now we are not going to take the time to deal with the era of Balaam. That's a whole nother sermon within itself. But let's deal with the first part of that. And we want to speak as a spiritual guide with this thought in our mind. The way of Cain. The way of Cain. The Bible says, woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. God pronounces a woe. Christ pronounces a woe. The Holy Ghost pronounces a woe to anyone who goes in the way of Cain. And anytime you see the word woe in the Bible, you need to stop and pay attention. I'm reminded of the man who was riding this horse for the very first time. And when he got on the horse, the owner said, when you want the horse to go, say Jesus Christ. But when you want the horse to stop, say woe. And the man got on a horse and he started riding the horse and he forgot that at the end of the field there was a precipice, there was a cliff and the man began to panic and the horse started to get away from him and the man forgot the word to make the horse stop. And then he got closer and closer to the edge of the, of the uh, field and he was about to go over the cliff and at the last moment he remembered the word and he said, whoa! And that horse came to a complete stop right at the edge. And then he said, thank you, Jesus Christ. And it jumped right over. When you see the word, whoa, God is saying, stop whatever you are doing. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. All of us are standing beneath the wrath of God when we allow ourselves to go 
in the way of Cain. Now the question on the floor is, Brother Preacher, I need to know the way of Cain. I need to understand the way of Cain. And when you understand the way of Cain, you will understand why the Bible says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Now to understand the way of Cain, we need to go back to history to try to understand what it is that Cain did and what it is that Cain was guilty of. And in doing that, we're going to answer the question, aren't we all serving the same God? And isn't that enough as we deal with the subject, the way of Cain? Well, my Bible reader, I need you to go back to Genesis chapter 4, the first book in the Bible. Let's find out which way did Cain go so that we will not go in that way. Turn your Bibles, everybody. Open up your Bibles. Don't look at me. I need you to look at your Bibles so you can know what the Bible I don't want you to leave his saying, this is what Brother Houston said. I want you to leave his saying, this is what I read in the Bible for myself. Well, get for me Genesis chapter 4 and about verse number 1. And let's examine and see how we can escape the wrath of God so that we will not go in the way of Cain. Well, are you there, Brother Tucker? Yes, sir. Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse number 1. What does the Bible say? And Adam knew Eve, his wife. Adam knew Eve, his wife. Now, you don't have any problem with the word new, do you? It doesn't mean an introduction to one another. It means they cohabited together because they were husband and wife. Go and read, preacher. And she conceived. And she conceived. And bear came. And there he is. That's the fella that we are going to be dealing with tonight. Go on, read. And said. And said. I have gotten a I man. I have gotten a man. From the Lord. From the Lord. His name is Cain. His mother and father are Adam and Eve. And when he was born, Eve said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now let's pause here for just a moment. For those of you who believe in abortion, notice what it says. I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now that's a strong argument against abortion because there are three parties involved in every conception. Adam one, he knew his wife. Eve two, she conceived. And then she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. God is number three. It's not just a woman and her body. It's not just a man and the woman, but God is involved. Preach, Jerry, I think I will. You see what God has done? God has given every man a glorious opportunity. God has given every woman a glorious opportunity. God didn't need man and woman in creation, but he decided to allow the woman and the man to participate with him in the subsequent creation of every man 
and woman from their own. He's no longer making man from the dust of the ground. He's no longer taking a woman from a man's side, but he's allowed the man and the woman to participate with him in the production of human beings. So God is involved in every act of conception of a human being being born in the world. There are three persons involved in conception. Not only must you check with your husband, not only must you check with your wife, but you must also check with God. And there is no question that God is against abortion. I know people say a woman can do anything she wants to do with her own body. And I agree. But it just so happens that that which is on the inside of her is not her own body. Preach Brother Houston. Now I'm going to get to Cain, but I decided to drop that off because it doesn't cost you anything. But the point is, Eve said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. It could not be done without God. And every child of God ought to be against abortion. Amen, Walls. Go on to verse 2, Tucker. What does the Bible say? And she again. And she again bare his brother Abel. His brother Abel read. And Abel, and Abel was, a, was keeper. a keeper of the sheep. Go on, read. But Cain, but Cain was a tiller now of the you ground. Have, look at this. Now you have two boys. One is Cain, the other is Abel. Both are brothers. Both had the same mother and the same father. Go on, read verse three through five. Read. And in process of time, and in process of time, it came to pass. It came to pass that Cain, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord, an offering unto the Lord. Read. And Abel, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, firstling of his flock, go and read. of the fat thereof. Go on, read. And the Lord, and the Lord had respect unto had respect Abel, respect unto Abel, and to his offering, and to his offering, but unto but unto Cain. And to his offering, and to his offering, he had not respect. He had not respect. Read. And Cain was very wroth. Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So you have two boys. One is Cain. The other is Abel. Both are brothers. Both have the same mother, same father. They are brothers. And isn't that just wonderful to have families working and worshiping together for the Lord? But you have two brothers going to worship. Not only are they going to worship, but they are worshiping the same God. They believe in the same God. They are going to worship the same God. Cain didn't worship one God and Abel another God. They both worship the same God. They both brought an offering to the same God. So you have two boys, both brothers. Both have the same mother and the same father. Both went to worship 
the same God. Both believed in the same God. Both brought an offering to the same God. But the Bible says God accepted one and rejected the other. But wait, aren't they both worshiping the same God? I mean, we don't have one worshiping God and the other worshiping the devil. We have both of these boys worshiping the same God. They even brought an offering to the same God. But the Bible says God accepted one and rejected the other. Which means that two people can worship the same God. And God accepts one and rejects the other. Just because you are worshiping God does not mean God is accepting your worship. Every church in Fort Worth, Dallas area, when they come together on Sunday morning, they come together for the express purpose of worshiping God. They're not worshiping the devil. They are worshiping God, and you have to give them credit for that. When they open their doors on Sunday morning, we have to admit they are worshiping God, and in the Church of Christ, we are worshiping God, and over there, they are worshiping God. But the question is, although they are worshiping God, is God accepting their worship? We don't deny that they are worshiping God. Every church in Texas, every church in the United States of America, when they come together, they come together to worship God. But the question is, is God accepting their worship? Wait, wait, wait a minute, Brother Houston. Our church, just like Church Christ, I build in same color. We use the same Bible that you use. Is that King James? Yeah, we use King James. We sing the same basic songs that those praise leaders were singing. My preacher preaches somewhat like you. As a matter of fact, you ain't got no hair. He ain't got no hair. So what's the difference? Aren't we all serving the same God? Well, well, let's look at those boys again. They both believed in the same God. They both served the same God. They both brought an offering to the same God. But God accepted one and he rejected the other. Question, why did God accept Abel's worship but reject Cain's worship. Weren't they both serving the same God? Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 12. 1 John chapter 3 
and verse number 12. I'm trying not to walk away from this podium. If I walk away, this sermon is going to be 20 minutes longer. First John chapter 3 and verse number 12. Who's reading Brett Morris and who's reading? The Bible says what? First John chapter 3 and verse 12. What does the Bible say? Not as Cain. Not as Cain. Read. Who was of that wicked one? Who was of that wicked one? Now John gives us insight as to what happened in Genesis chapter 4. And he said, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. Read. And slew his brother. And slew his brother. Read. And wherefore slew he Why him. did he kill his brother? Read. Because his own works were evil. Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Brothers, why was Cain's worship rejected? Because Cain brought his own thing before God and Abel brought what God required. Abel brought what God approved and Cain brought what he wanted to bring and that was the difference. That's why the Bible says woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain. What do you mean by Cain preacher? I mean Cain and Abel represent two types of worship. The right way in the wrong way and God says woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain. Well, what did Cain do? He brought his own works before God instead of bringing the works that God required. Haven't you heard the preacher say, it does not matter which church you go to so long as your heart is right. The only preacher, the only religionist that would tell you it does not matter which church you go to is the preacher who can't find his church in the Bible. Preach, Jerry. That's the way of Cain. And that's why God rejected Cain because he was trying to do his own thing. Get for me Hebrews chapter 11. And verse number four, Hebrews 11 and verse number four. What does the Bible say? By faith, Abel offered by, unto God. Wait, wait, wait. By faith. Amen. By faith. Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, faith is based on God's word. If I'm going to do something, I got to get a word from the Lord. And when I get a word from the Lord, that becomes the, 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 the credence for my faith. In other words, faith is taking God at his word. What you have in your hand, you have the Bible. That is the word of God. And whatever you do in religion, you've got to have three witnesses. you got to have book, chapter, and verse. And the Bible says, by faith, 
Abel offered unto God by faith. In other words, what did Abel do? God spoke to them and told them what to bring. Abel brought what God commanded. Cain brought what he wanted to bring. I ain't making it up. By faith. Read. Abel offered unto God uh -huh. a more excellent a sacrifice. More excellent sacrifice. Than Read. Cain. Uh huh. Than Cain. Read. By, by which he obtained witness. Well, here it is. By which he obtained witness. When we worship, our worship only needs three witnesses. It don't matter what you think about our worship. All that matters is what God knows, what Christ endorses, and what the Holy Spirit inspires. When we worship, we trying to get a witness from God. Does God testify of what you do in your worship? I ain't talking about what makes you feel good. I'm talking about what exalts God. God is the one who has to give witness to what we do in worship. And look what it says. It says God testify. See, I don't care if I get a testimony from you. I want to get a testimony from God Almighty when it comes to my worship. God testifying of his gifts. He being dead. Yet speaking. Yet what made Abel's gift acceptable to God and Cain's unacceptable. God testified of Abel's gift. Abel offered his gift by faith. Romans 14 verse 23, whatsoever is not of faith is a sin. If I don't have a word for what I do, then God does not testify. And if God does not testify of what I am doing, it may make you jump and shout, but it don't mean anything if God ain't jumping and shouting. It might make you feel good, but it don't mean anything if it don't make God feel good. It might make you say amen, but it don't mean anything if I don't get an amen from on high. I wish I had a church up in here. Go preach, Jerry. I believe I am. And the difference between Cain and Abel is God testified of Abel's gift. Does God testify of what you do? When you come to the church of Christ, you're going to see we take the communion every Sunday. Do you have book, chapter, and verse? You best believe I do. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7. What does the Bible say? Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7. What does the Bible say? Read. And upon the first day Watch of the this. week. Upon what? Upon the first day of the week. The first, now the first day of the week is not Monday. Y'all do know that the first day of the week is Sunday. When? Upon the what? First day of the week. Read. 
When the disciples came together. Who to came together? Bread. When did they come together? Upon the first day of the... Y'all talk back to me. When did they come together? Upon the first day of the week. Who came together? The disciples. Read. Came together to break bread. Now, who came together? When did they come together? And why did they come together? To break bread. Read. Paul preached unto them. And they came to hear some preaching. When did they come together, y'all? First day of the week. Who came together? The, why did they come together? To break bread and Paul preach. We take the communion every Sunday because of Acts 20 and verse number 7. When did they come together? Who came together? Why did they come together? Now breaking bread is a contextual term. You've got to look at the context to determine if it's talking about a common meal or if it's talking about the Eucharist or the communion. In this particular context, we are dealing with the worship and they are talking about the communion. When did they come together, y'all? Who came together? Why did they come together? Now they broke bread based on the implications of the text every first day of the week. Now I know somebody say, now preacher, it does not say every. Get for me 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. You know, consistency is a jewel, and we ought to be consistent. Now, the preacher would tell you, don't say every. Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. What does the Bible say? Now concerning. Now concerning. The collection for the saints. Now we're talking about the money. <laughs> now concerning the collection for the saints. Read. As I have given order to the uh, churches of Galatia. Go on, read. Even so do ye. Go on, read. Upon the first day of the week. Upon the first day of every week. Upon the first day of the week. Every Sunday. Upon the first day of the week. That is the same phrase in Acts 20 and verse 7 as it is in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2. It says upon the first day of the week read. Read. Let every one of you let every one of you lay by him in store. Lay by him in store as God has as prospered God him. As God has prospered him. That there be no gathering no when I come. Now that's talking about the money and I guarantee you every church you go to on Sunday morning they take up an offering. Some of them take up two or three offerings. And if you go to the preacher and you ask him, why do you take up an offering every Sunday? And they'll take you to that text as a proof text. Well, if 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2 is a proof text for taking up an offering every Sunday, then Acts 20 and verse 7 is a proof text for taking the communion every Sunday. And if you're not communing every Sunday and you're giving your money, but you're not getting your juice and your crackers, you're being ripped off. And you're going in the way of Cain. Now, now when it comes to sing, when you visit the Church of Christ, you're going to find we don't use instruments of music. Are we going to afford a piano? We can afford an organ, just a dollar down or a dollar when they catch you. 
But understand something. In the New Testament, we need to get a witness from God. We need to find out what God testifies of. Well, get for me Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 30. Get for me Mark chapter 14 and verse number 26. Matthew 26 and verse number 30. Mark 14, 26. And then I want you to get your other finger and go to Acts 16 and verse 25. And then get for me Romans 15 and verse number 9. And I'll call it again, but I want us to see what the Bible says. Let's see if they use instruments of music in the New Testament. We are not under the Old Testament. We are under the New Testament. Let's see if they use instruments of music in the worship. And the Bible says in Matthew 26 and verse number 30, what does the Bible say? And when they had sung and when they him, had sung. And when they had what? Sung. Does it say pluck? Does it say play? Does it say blow? Does it say drums? Does it say tambourine? And when they had what? Sung a, Sung hymn. a hymn. They went where? Out into the Mount of Olives. Where we find the same thing in Mark 14 and verse 26. And when they had what? Sung. Sung. A hymn. Not pluck. Not play. Not blow. Not beat. Not synthesizers. And when they had sung. Sung a hymn. A hymn. They went out. They went out. Into the Mount of Olives. Give for me Acts 16 and verse 25. Give for me Romans 15 and verse 9. So far we see they sung, sung. Nobody plucking. Nobody playing. Nobody blowing. Nobody beating. Preach, Jerry. Acts 16 and verse 25. When Paul and Silas were locked up for preaching the gospel. What does the Bible say? And at midnight, and at midnight Paul, and Silas, Paul prayed, and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. They prayed and plucked. And sang praises unto God. They prayed and played. And sang praises unto God. They played and blew. And sang praises unto they God. They played and beat. And sang praises unto God. They played and hit the tambourines. And sang praises unto God. They sang. So far we see song, song. Sang, ain't nobody pluck it. Ain't nobody playing. Give for me Romans 15 and verse 9. Give for me 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 15. Let's bring this. I, I need to get through with this thing. What does the Bible say? Romans 15 and verse 9. Read. And that the Gentiles. And that the Gentiles. Might glorify God. Might glorify God. God for his mercy for his mercy as it is written as it is written for this cause for this cause will I confess will I confess to thee among the Gentiles thee among the Gentiles and sing and play and sing and pluck and sing and beat and sing and blow and sing sing so for they song song sing sing nobody pluck it Nobody play it. First Corinthians 14 and verse number 15. What does the Bible say? What is it then? What is it then? 
I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the spirit. And I will pray with the understanding. I will understanding. pray with the understanding. Also. Also read. I will sing with the spirit. I will play with the spirit. I will sing with I the spirit. I will pluck with the spirit. I will sing with the I spirit. I will blow with the spirit. I will sing with I'll the spirit. I will beat the drums with the spirit. I will sing with the spirit. It says sing. You better not play with the spirit of God. Sing with the spirit. And I, and I will sing with the understanding. And you better know why also. you're singing. So far we've seen song, song. Sing, 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 sing. Nobody pluck it. Nobody play it. Give for me Ephesians 5 and verse 19. Give for me Colossians 3 and verse 16. I need to bring this thing home. Go and read. What does the Bible say? Ephesians 5 and verse number 19. Speak. I ain't mad at anybody. I just look like this. <laughs> Ephesians 5. And verse 19, what does the Bible say? Speaking to yourselves uh -huh. in psalms, psalms and hymns and, hymns, and spiritual, spiritual songs, songs, singing, playing, singing, plucking, singing, blowing, singing, beating, singing, singing, making melody well in your heart. Now that word melody means the instrument has to always be mentioned. Making melody where? In your heart. God gave all of us an instrument. Now I can't sing like these brothers can sing. If I get up and sing, I'd be all out of tune. But I can make melody where? Now if it is said make melody on the piano, that would mean every member in here because this is corporate worship, would have to know how to play the piano, and we have to play in unison. But God gave us an instrument that all of us can play, making melody well in my heart. Now, if you sit next to me, I might be all out of tune in the natural, but as long as my spirit is in tune with God's spirit, it does not matter how I sound to you. They sung, sung, sang, sing, 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 singing. No plucking, no playing. Colossians 3 and verse 16, what does the Bible say? Let the word of, Let Christ, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly. In all wisdom. In all wisdom. Teaching. Teaching. And admonishing. You know when you're saying you're teaching. Teaching. And admonishing. And admonishing. One another. One another. In songs. Song. And hymns. Hymns. And spiritual songs. Read. Singing. Plucking. Singing. Blowing. Singing. Beating. Singing. Singing. With grace. Grace. In your hearts to the Lord. We got to get Hebrews 2 and verse 12. In the midst of the congregation will I sing. James 5 verse 13. If any among you suffering, let him pray. Is any cheerful, let him sing. So for they sung, sung. They sang, they sing, 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 sing. Singing, singing, sing, sing. Nobody plucking, nobody playing, nobody blowing. 
The term acapella, acapella it's a Latin term. Latin is a derivative of Greek. The Romans and the Greeks, when they observed the worship of the New Testament church, they came up with a term to identify the way the Christians worship. And the term they came up with was acupella. It literally means as it is in the cathedral or as it is in the church. Biblically, the church didn't use instruments of music. Historically, the church did not use instruments of music. The first time it was used in any kind of worship in Christendom was in about 666 AD or around 670 AD when an organ was presented to the Catholic Church as a gift and they used it in the worship and it split the Catholic Church. The Greek Orthodox to this day don't use instruments or music. And if you got a piano in your church, I don't mean in the home. It might sound good, but you're going in the way of Cain. Martin Luther called the instrument and in Zion of Baal. John Wesley said, I have no problem with instruments being in our chapels, provided they are neither seen nor heard. John Calvin said, this is something that Catholicism borrowed from the Old Testament as they did other shadowy figures of the law. Even the reformers, when they started their churches, didn't use instruments of music in the worship. You're going in the way of Cain. Now, I don't mean any harm. If you got a woman preacher, Turn to 1 Timothy, chapter 2, and verse. Now, my wife is a motivational speaker for women, and boy, she is awesome. I can't touch her, but she's not the preacher at the Dale Chris Church of Christ. She cannot be the preacher. Women are gifted and talented. I'm not misogynistic. I'm not a chauvinist, but I got to preach it like it is. Y'all got time for this? First Timothy chapter two. Now when you go back and look at the context of first Timothy chapter two, Paul is addressing the worship. He starts out talking about how we men should pray everywhere. Pray for those who are in authority and pray. And listen, I want you to understand something. I know the saying, woman thou art loose, has been popularized by celebritized preachers. And I ain't trying to take a shot at anybody. I love everybody. But when it comes to the Bible, I want you to know, sister, you don't have to be loose because you were never tied down. But in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 11. What does the Bible say? Let the women learn in silence uh -huh. with all subjection. How's she going to preach 
when she's got to learn in silence. That don't mean the sisters can't say amen, preacher on preacher. As a matter of fact, if they didn't say anything, it'd be quiet in here. But that simply means she is not in a position of authority to stand before the congregation and dictate where the congregation goes. She cannot be an evangelist. She cannot be an elder. And there are no diakonesis in the Bible. When you see the feminine form of the word diakonos, it just simply means that is a woman who is a believer and she is serving God. And the feminine end means is a woman as opposed to a man because the word diakonos is a generic term that can not only refer to men who serve, but women. But in 1 Timothy chapter 3, is used to refer to an office that is exclusive for men. Preach Jerry. Let the woman learn in silence with all. Now don't get me wrong. In corporate America, I believe a woman can be the CEO, the CFO, the COO, whatever she wants to be. I believe she should get equal pay for the same job she, I, but when it comes to the church, that term subjection is a military term. It means the man outranks her. And I did over six years in Uncle Sam's army, and I know that a, that a captain is outranked by a major. I know a first and second lieutenant is outranked by a captain. Now that captain is smart and that first or second lieutenant has more experience than him. He will go and talk to them and use their gifts and their know-how to benefit his, 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 his branch of the army. If a man is smart, he'll get information from his wife and use it for God's glory, but he still outranks her. She may be smarter than him, she may be prettier than him, she may be more talented than him, but he still outranks her. Preach, Jerry. Read. But, but I, I suffer. suffer. Not a woman to teach. Words, I mean, I don't allow a woman to teach. She cannot stand in the rostrum and address the general audience of the church. She does not have that authority. And she cannot usurp authority over now the that man. That word usurp means to underhandedly, manipulatively, deceptively, to go and take something from somebody that was not meant to be yours in the first place. Don't get mad at me, sisters. This way Eve got in trouble in the garden. She went and took something that belonged to Adam. Now Adam was complicit because he was right there. And you can't give away what God gave you. He was in authority and he allowed Eve to usurp his authority and she partook of the forbidden fruit when God said don't. And when they sinned, I ain't got time to deal with this. 
God didn't go looking for Eve. God went looking for Adam. Got time to deal with Genesis chapter 3 and I think verse 16. Just turn that, uh, Brother Morrison. But, but notice now, she got in trouble. And read, he said now, I, but I suffer not a woman to what? To teach, nor to usurp authority, authority over the man. But to be in what? Silence. Sisters, don't get mad. I'm just preaching the Bible. I love you. If all the sisters left the Church of Christ, I'll preach my last sermon, say, fare thee well, brothers, and I'll go right out with you. Because if it were not for the sisters in the church, I don't know where we would be. But you have to learn with subjectivity. And then he says, what in verse 13? For, for Adam, Adam was first formed. Now listen to me, God... Paul does not tie this into culture. If he based it on culture, culture changes. And just because something is culturally uh, approved does not mean it is biblically approved. Culture says a woman can be in authority. But the Bible says no and Paul does not make his argument based on culture he makes his argument based on creation which means it becomes perpetual it lasts forever and the only person that can change it is God Genesis 3 about verse number 16 what does the Bible say Unto the woman he said. Unto the woman he's Now when Eve sinned, notice her punishment. Unto the woman he said what? I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Now God gave her at least two signs that are perpetual mm -hmm. to demonstrate that she's under authority. Number one, she's going to have pain in childbearing. Praise God, they can do epidurals now. And then number two, she has a monthly reminder. Preach, Jerry. Of her subjectivity. Read. And thy conception uh -huh. in sorrow, uh -huh. thou shalt bring forth children. Read. And thy desire. Now watch this. I want you to notice the ambiguity of the Hebraic language here. It says, thy desire shall be, shall be to, to thy, thy husband. Now, that don't mean that the woman is going to be desirous to always please her husband. That's not what that's saying. What that is saying is she's going to desire to have the authority that he has. And if he's not careful, she'll take it from him. So consequently, he'll have some ERA going on in the house. Eve wanted to rule Adam, preach Jerry. The battle, and we see that in society today. Eve wants what Adam had. But in the church, 
She's put in a position of subjection because God wants her to know and remember what the mother of all of us did. No man, no woman can reverse what God ordained. And I don't mean any harm. And, and I say this lovingly, if you're in a church where a woman is your preacher, you've gone in the way of Cain. I need to get out of here. You've gone. Is this thing on? In the way of Cain. You need to understand something when it comes to the church. He's given the church a name. Acts chapter 4 and verse 11. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I want you to know that the Lord named his church. And I need to tell somebody that you can refer to the church by any name that the Bible uses to refer to the church. But you cannot call the church something that the Bible does not call the church. And I want you to know that when the Lord sent his son down here on this mundane circumvention called planet earth to build his church, that he gave his church a name. Am I right about that? You know, my name is Jerry Houston. That's my proper name. When my mother and father were alive, they said, that's my son. But I'm still Jerry Houston. My wife, when she wants a little money, she'll call me honey. But I'm still Jerry Houston. One of my daughters here tonight, and my girls, they say that's my daddy. My sisters and brothers say that's my brother. The members at the Dale Chris Church say that's my minister. If I'm driving down the highway and get stopped by a state trooper, he might say, boy, pull over. He might call me boy, but I'm still Jerry Houston. Just because somebody calls me son, somebody calls me honey, somebody calls me daddy, somebody calls me son, somebody calls me minister, somebody calls me brother, somebody calls me boy, it still doesn't change the fact that my proper name is Jerry Houston. Well, I believe that the church is church of Christ but there are different designations that describe the relationship between Christ in the church is called the body of Christ that's the organizational structure of the church it's called the vineyard of God that's the work feature of the church it's called the temple of God that's the worship feature of the church what's the proper name Romans 16 16 salute one another with a holy kiss and the churches of Christ salute you can I build a church for you? Can I build it for you? When you talk about the church, you got to have a foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11, other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the foundation of the church is Christ. If you're going to build a church, don't you need walls? Isaiah 26 and verse 1, he's appointed walls 
for our salvation. So the walls in the church is Christ. If you need a church, don't you need a roof? Don't you need a head over it? Colossians 1 and verse 18, he's the head of the body, the church. If you build a church, don't you need windows to get light into the church? John 8 verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. So the windows and the light in the church is Christ. If you need build a church, don't you need a door? to have access or entrance into the church. John 10 verse 7, he said, I am the door to the sheep. So the foundation of the church is Christ. If the walls in the church is Christ, if the roof or the head of the church is Christ, if the window or the light in the church is Christ, if the door or the entrance into the church is Christ, somebody tell me what you're going to call it. Romans 16, 16, salute one another with a holy kiss and the churches of Christ salute you. God began to look down the stream of time looking for good men to play a part in the building of the church. Abel was in that lineage and then Cain killed Abel and God raised up Seth. And then when Seth died, eventually God raised up Noah and then Noah eventually had a child by the name of Abram who was, who was in his lineage. And Abram, you remember when he changed his name, uh, he changed his name to Abraham. He changed his name to Abraham when God let him know at the age of 99 he was going to become a father. And then a year later, he had a boy by the name of Isaac. Then Isaac had two boys, Esau and Jacob. And Jacob steals the birthright from, from his brother. And then Jacob has 12 boys, and one of the names is Judah. And the book said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Then Judah had a boy named for Rez, and for Rez had Ezron, and Ezron had Aram and Aram had Abinadab and Abinadab had Nison and Nison had Salmon and Salmon had Boaz and Boaz had Obed and Obed had Jesse and Jesse had a boy named David and David had a boy named Solomon and Solomon had Rehoboam and Rehoboam had a boy named Abiah and Abiah had Asa and Asa had Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat had a boy named Joram. Joram had Osiah. Osiah had Joathan. Joathan had Ezekiel. Ezekiel had Manassas. Manassas had a boy that was named Josiah. Josiah had Zechariah. Zechariah had Selathiel. Selathiel had Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel had a boy. His name was Eliakim. Eliakim had Azar. Azar had Sadik. Sadik had Achan. Achan had Elihu. Elihu had a boy that was named Jacob. Jacob had a boy that was named Joseph. Joseph, Joseph married a woman named Mary, and Mary had a baby. His name was Jesus, and that's the one that built the church. And if you in a church that can't be found in the Bible, you're going in the way of Cain and if you went to the mourner's bench 
if you said the sinner's prayer, if you were not baptized the same hour you believed, you're going in the way of Cain. If you were taught baptism is not necessary for salvation, you're going in the way of Cain. I got to take my seat. But give me 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. The Bible says, what in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21? What does the Bible say? The like figure. The like figure. We're into even baptism. Even what? Even baptism. Even what? Even baptism. Sinner's prayer. Even baptism. Faith only. Even baptism. Touching something. Even baptism. Touching a TV. Even baptism. Touching a radio. Even baptism. Touching the internet. Even baptism. Mourner's bench. Even baptism. Even baptism. Read. Doth also now save us. When does it save? Now save us. Save who? Us. What saves? Baptism. baptism. When does it save? Now. Who does it save? What? Ba when? Who? What? When? Who? What? When? Who? What? When? Who? You can't get sinner's prayer out of the Bible. And listen, I love you. I'm, I came in from a denomination. I was baptized nine years old. And, the bapt and those loving people, I love them. When I go back to Shreveport, Louisiana, I love them. And they meant well. But when you know better, and I ain't trying to hurt anybody's feelings. And I want you to know I love you. And I say these things because I'm like a madman. I'm like a man whose friend is driving his car and the road is out. And they're driving and I'm jumping out in front of the car saying, Hey, stop! The bridge is out! Because I don't want you to go in the way of Cain. And I don't have a heaven or hell to send anybody to, but I do know what that book says. And somebody's been studying with you right now. And you at the precipice of making a decision for Jesus. Right now, campaign workers, that person you brought that's sitting next to you, whisper in their ear and tell them, say, are you ready to come down? Now, when I preach lessons like this, you can ask me questions. We preach a gospel that you can investigate and you can ask questions. I don't preach like this and don't give you an opportunity to question me. If you go to a church where you can't question the preacher, because you're afraid you're going to mess up his anointing, baby, you need to go to another church. Now, we brought you here because we love you. And we want you to be a member of Christ's church. Somebody said the church of Christ is true to his name. The fruit it bears is just the same. 
No human creeds that lead it astray. For Jesus says, I am the way. Some men say this way cannot be true because his members are so few. But in the type of church today, there were only eight in the narrow way. When to earth the Savior came, salvation was promised through his name to all who would his word obey and travel in the narrow way. There are 500 ways, they say, and each one is the narrow way. But if the truth you would obtain, just ask them from what source they came. The works of man, they're all in vain because they're founded on the sanded plain. In the holy land where Jesus trod, it was there he was confessed to be the son of God. On this rock so firmly stands the church of Christ not made with hand. Let us stand. Let us stand. Somebody right now, you need to make a decision to give your life to Jesus. And now I need some preachers in the pew to help me preach. Talk to them right now. The Holy Spirit is working on their hearts. And they are ready to come. And the Lord is saying right now, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your soul. My yoke is my burden is the water is ready God is ready Christ is ready Holy Ghost ready we are ready you can leave here tonight being a member of the church you can read about in the Bible I know the day of Pentecost about 3,000 souls were added to the church. Acts 2 and verse 37, the Bible says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to tarry for the Holy Ghost you can receive him now. What you got? Come on, come on. What can wash away my sins? Oh, nothing, nothing but, but the, the blood, blood of Jesus. And what, what can make me whole again? Oh, nothing but the, the blood, blood of Jesus. Sing it all over us. Is that Is there one precious soul? Just one. One precious soul. Just one. Other fact. One. You know that's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is there one man, one woman? For my pardon. This ready to give your life Jesus. to Jesus. Oh, nothing but the, the blood, blood 
of Jesus. We're waiting for you. And for my cleansing, this my plea. Yes, nothing but, but the blood of Jesus. We'll wait for you. Oh, will you come? Will you come? Sing it all. Oh, precious, precious is that name. Will you come give your life to Jesus? Makes me white as snow and no one man, one woman, you know one boy, one girl, husband, wife, son, or daughter. Nothing can foresee at all. Oh, nothing but the blood. Of Will you come? Will you come? And the heart of good that I have done. You know it's nothing, nothing but, but the blood of Jesus. Oh, 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 Precious is that. that we'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. Makes Make Don't let anything stand in your way. No, and no, no, I have found. Lord, you know it's nothing, nothing but the, the blood of Jesus. Oh, sing it all. Oh, oh, Just one. Precious Just one. Just one. That makes, makes, makes me wild. God bless you, God bless you, thank you, thank you, and may the Lord bless you real well.